So it's like a digital dope would be like a good like concept. You know what I mean? Digital dope. Digital dope. It is weird to see like, like from whenever we were like you know younger and uh, you know the uh, what was it the truth movement? Oh yeah. Was, which now it has moved like no longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dog starts talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's moved away from like just tobacco marijuana and now it's like you know the the vape like. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's weird. It's it it probably is worse for you in some regards because it's not natural. You know what I mean? Versus, but I mean, then again, poison's natural. You know, like well, I mean, so that's the thing. Well, that's one of my common debates that I like to get in when someone's discussing organic or all natural. I'm like, what's not organic? Mm. Give me one item that doesn't come from the earth itself. The well, as far as being inorganic, the only one that I can think of, top of my head, that we use is water. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't have carbon. Other exactly. than that, that that seems to be it's it. A, it's a loose, loose term. <laughs> yeah, we're like but there's this, a mushroom that grows in Europe that is 100% all natural and organic. That you touch it, you die. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not <laughs> well, like cer- certain berries like are like extremely poisonous to humans. Exactly. You know, rattlesnake well, venom is a modified digestive enzyme. It's proteins. It's made to break down tissue to help them digest. So that's why, like, let's say a rattlesnake was about a 15 gram rat. Overnight, it would turn to jelly. If I was to kill one with a stick, it would take four or five days for it to rot completely. Right. So when let's say it's, it can digest 15 grams of rat tissue, when it bites you, it's going to break down 15 grams of rat tissue unless you get some sort of antivenin to respond to it. Uh, so what's really interesting about uh, I say cultural implications with things like that because Native Americans are notorious for having thinner blood. That's a, it's famous for low platelets things like that. But most American pit vipers coagulate the blood. So if you were bit by a rattlesnake, then your blood was already thin. It wouldn't thicken to the point that you would pass out and die or have cardiac respiratory effects from it. But you would still have the local necrosis. So they were a lot more likely to survive those bites. Whereas if you bring an Irish person here and they get bit, it's almost guaranteed allergic reaction. Anaphylaxis is what kills most people from snake bites. Mm. Uh, whereas in like uh, Africa, people have sickle cell, thicker blood, stuff like that. But that's almost a mutation to survive the snake bites there that thin the blood out to a degree that you bleed from every mucous membrane in your body. Holy cow! So it's really interesting when you look at. It. So when did you, when did you first get into like reptiles? Like I know like around My around. Life. I will say because I know like like around here in the you know in the swamps and whatnot like it's you know like it's it's, it's, part, it's part of the culture not by choice you know well, what I mean. That's the it depends on where you go when you say not by choice. Uh, well, they're, because they're ecologically uh, like found here, you know what I mean? Like the environment. They're super beneficial to their environment. They're, they mm-hmm. they play a huge role. Uh, if you notice, places that don't have snakes or reptiles have a huge population of rats, and they wind up having disease and stuff associated with rodents, crop loss, things like that. Right. Whereas rodent or snakes keep that population down. Uh, they, they eat a lot of ticks, parasites on the animals, and then they die, so it eliminates parasitic situations, stuff like that. But uh, I grew up with it. You know, uh, there's a 3,000 acre hunting club that I grew up on out in Stockton, my whole family, all that shit. But th- their thing is to preserve it to as natural as possible. They want it to stay. Like that. To, to them, they're not invasive. Right. This is the, the protecting them because they were here first type stuff. We're in their yard, you know. But um, I, I just grew up infatuated with Steve Irwin, things like that in the time. He's a bad uh, motherfucker. Bad dude. motherfucker. But that's what my dad would do was take me out on walks. And we, I call it playing Pokemon for real. <laughs> There's so many awesome animals. Like, why do you need fiction? Get out and see some of these things. You know what I mean? When I was a, um, I was a little boy. This, you know. We didn't uh, move to South Georgia until I was 12. I was like probably five or six. 
and we drove down from West Virginia. We had gone to Jekyll for like four or five days. Well, one of the days, uh, my parents had heard that the Okefenokee was nearby, and they're like, like, ooh, that'll be cool. Like, and oh my God, dude, like there was like dozens of gators there, mm-hmm. like like gigantic. I remember, I don't know if old Roy is still there, but he was a stuffed gator mm-hmm. they had up front. And, uh, but I was sitting near the, um, near the back of the boat and I was, I was already into like dinosaurs. We'd been to the Smithsonian before. Uh, we're sitting there back of the boat and the, the guy next to the, the motor taps me on the shoulder. He like kind of motions like, like look behind me. And I look behind him and there's just a couple of gators just falling right behind, just waiting for somebody to fall off the boat. <laughs> More than likely people fishing throw fish. I think if my tiny blonde ass fell off. Yeah, you you might have had a hard time. But (laughs) what's funny is uh, that's one of the things we used to do to people that weren't from where we were from. Mm -hmm. We'd take them fishing, and when the gators came, we'd jump out the boat. And they'd freak out, panic, all this stuff. The gators are, oh, (laughs) oh no, someone's in our environment. They're very, very spooky animals. They don't like it. So normally it takes something like. Uh, when you see the gator farms, or you see the zoos where they have the exhibitions where the people are handling the gators, that's when you see gator bites. You very rarely see someone who's like, I got bit by an alligator yesterday, right. you know? So they have to kind of be in in constant exposure to it. Now, there are cases of crocodiles way more aggressive. That's why every country with crocodiles, they say, do not feed the animals. If you feed them, they'll associate you with food, and then they'll, for the rest of their life, every time they see a human, they want to eat, yeah. and they're big enough to eat us, you know what I mean? Alligators are docile. They don't really want to mess with us whatsoever. They want to be around us, but they will defend themselves, just yeah. like any other animal. What's, uh, what's been probably the biggest snake you've caught? The biggest one I've caught? Yeah. Uh, native, non-native? Uh, it doesn't matter. Non-native, okay. Yeah. Uh, essentially, uh, there's a situation where some guy in Valdosta had released a bunch of exotics uh, after getting busted doing stuff he shouldn't have, basically without a license, whatever. But uh, same he, guy who had the monkey. There's like one. There's one summer a uh, spider monkey got out uh, near oh, VSU. Jesus. This one was uh, back behind the movie theater. Okay. In Valdosta, but uh, all we know is we we got a call. I was working for a nuisance animal company in Valdosta, and he got a call that there was. Pythons, monitors, tegus, just every type of exotic reptile that is available in the pet market released in that Austin back behind the movie theater. So we went and started catching Kenyan sand boas, just oh, stuff shit. that I would never encounter in my life. Since they're like, what, eight feet long? Like well, the, the, sand, the sand boas are, they, they live underground. They're really derpy. Like, uh, look it up. It's, it's a fantastic snake. They live their entire life under sand. They just come up and they got two little frog eyes and like a salamander head. Mm. So they're ugly. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're super rad. The side, like, uh, they sidewinders as well? Uh, like, kind of, yeah. But they're tunnelers. Think Beetlejuice. Okay. The, the worms on Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. A lot of what they were like. But, uh, uh, the, when the guy told me, hey, you got an opportunity to catch these things, I was like, oh, this will be fantastic. You know, I deal with rattlesnakes, oak snakes, stuff like photo- photograph and release type stuff. So mm-hmm. we started catching them, and uh, everything we called would be donated to animal control when they would put it up and all that stuff, whatever. So uh, basically, we're just catching all these really cool animals. I get a call that there's a giant snake in someone's attic. A giant snake. Normally, when someone calls it, it's a four foot oak snake, three and a half foot rat snake, something harmless right. to them, biggest thing in the world is going to eat their children. So I show up, well it's me, and then another guy, he's, he's fairly large stature, so he can't fit through up into the attic, and he's not really agile enough to be moving around on rafters and stuff up there. So uh, the other guy was when we had a hernia, so he couldn't climb up the ladder, 
the last guy I was with me is just a tattoo artist that worked with me, uh, but he's ballsy, so he came up in the attic with me, held the flashlight. We come around the corner, and literally a 17-foot retic Holy is shit. sitting in the corner with its head about four foot off the ground. Articulated python? <laughs> I got a video. I'll show you when you Holy see Holy shit. I go in the attic. He doesn't do snakes like I do snakes. He's interested. Few people do, That's sir. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> he, he's interested. He handles them, all that stuff, but... Uh, more importantly, he was down for the cause regardless, right. even if he didn't. So he's holding the flashlight. So I got a one-by that I found up there, a long piece of wood, and I handed it to him. And I was like, I need you to poke that side of the snake so that he looks in that direction. So he runs over, pokes it. As soon as he pokes it, the snake whips his head. I grab its head. It starts uncoiling from the rafters, coiling around me. And I think Anaconda, John Voight type stuff. You know? So I'm like trying to figure out how I'm going to get this thing down there. But me and him can't unravel it around me as strong right. to get it down the hole. So I have to climb down the ladder completely cooled up with a reticulated python and get the other guys to help uncoil it from me and it was like I said literally 17 foot when I pulled a tape on it and I donated it to a collector nearby uh, like a $3,500 animal and as far as the pet industry goes but it was just vibing and it was at it you know what I mean man that was probably my my most unexpected yeah I've never seen a serpent that big man it's dope <laughs> they poop like humans, like <laughs> dude. I, well, yeah, I would have shit myself right there on the spot. I'm going up expecting like a uh, like a, a king snake or something like that. It turns out to be a fucking reticulated python. I was pretty excited. That's your sandbar. Okay, okay, yeah. So looks a little bit. The head's different than the. Uh, where are they? The horned vipers. They're also burrowers. Well, see, that's, the, that's when you get into so many differences, subtle differences involved with each individual species. Because, like an oak snake and a corn snake, they're both rat snake. Pantheropus, they're both the, the same genus, just a little bit different animal, you know. Uh, they, they look different, but essentially biologically same snake. There was a huge uh, discussion about the taxonomy of timber rattlesnakes. Uh, they exist all the way across America all up through Virginia the range is like specific for certain states but that's pretty much like temperate zone snakes essentially east coast kind of the coast out uh, going toward Texas all that stuff but pretty diverse range but the the ones in Virginia are really dark really black so they can exist better in a a cooler time climate they absorb more sunlight they get warmer all that stuff you know but then the ones down here these beautiful pink silvers oranges all, all these different colors so for years they called them a cane break, the ones down here. And uh, it comes from breaking the cane over it. They're so thick right. that you can break cane over it and uh, it'll still survive. But gorgeous animals. So for years there was this whole classification, argument, debate over whether or not they were the same animal. Biologically same animal. They can breed with each other, everything else. They just look a little different. So there's really not that much difference as far as the species themselves go. But when you get into diet, habitat, activity, all that stuff, it varies so much just because of where they are. Uh, right. Essentially, so the, the argument then becomes the reason they're different is just because of the difference in uh, ecosystem. Think rednecks in Kentucky and rednecks in North Florida. Big difference. Same species. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but like Same environmentally, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, because like the, uh, you know, like uh, growing up in West Virginia, like the the good old boys up there are vastly different than the good old boys in like the swamps like wild and wonderful whites versus riffraff dude uh, (laughs) i had um, done what was it was like 20 when was i engaged 2017 or 2018 uh yeah at least it's only once at least you haven't made that mistake a couple times uh no 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 i've i've been i've been cautious in my mistakes and 
I think that just becomes from years of being uh, not so cautious with my mistakes. Some would call that trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I call it an opportunity for a laugh. Exactly. Um, but uh, uh, my ex-fiance and I, uh, she and I, uh, went up to a, a state park. I think it was Holly River or Holly Creek State Park in West Virginia. It's about an hour away from any cell phone service. Um, it's about 20 miles from town now in in the mountains, when you're 20 miles from town, that's about an hour plus ride from town. Because you, you've got to wind in between every single nipple that's sticking up out of the... the Basically wherever they could put a road. They yeah. There. yeah. There, there's only, only certain options. Mm-hmm. If you, when you get to a, um, like a, uh, a bigger town or a, an actual city, like, you know, like something like Stockton to Lakeland yeah. for that purpose, um, then you'll have options of roads. You'll get like a crossroads where it'll be like, like okay, now you can go east or west, and exactly. it's not just north or south or whatever. But um, we had, uh, she and I stopped in at a gas station, like when we were in this town, and you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an, an odd fellow for uh, rural uh, uh, communities. Sorry, Angel. I'm not that odd, but like I do look a little odd for like very rural communities. She as well. She had um, like a, a fair amount of like dermals and like, yeah, pink yeah. hair, and you know. She was from our fool. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we looked like trouble in this yeah. town. So like we walk in the gas station, and she's country as fuck. And we walk in, and you could just hear like a pin drop. I just hear her like <laughs> like under her breath, like golly, golly, bless her heart. But like it's. Like you said, like they're like they're still humans. They're still yeah, you know it's a little different. They're still Southerners, but it is completely yeah. different uh, cultures. I, I think the subtle differences when it comes to the animal species. I have theories on all of it, but it's, like I said, all speculation. I haven't been able to prove any like con- concrete evidence for this stuff. But from my observation, I was able to come to some deductions. I think a lot of it is diet. When you consume certain things, you you wind up kind of attributing to that. Another one is camouflage. So we have a lot of clay and sand and stuff here, so they blend in better with that environment. But essentially, if you break it down to like a level of the food chain, then the plants that are growing out of that soil are going to be made of different things, and then the animals that eat those plants are going to be composed differently, and then we do that. That's why we like grass-fed beef, things like that. We actually... It, it becomes incorporated into our very being, whatever we're taking in. Yeah, whatever well, that's, that's in part reason why you know they say you know don't eat rats because rats will eat anything. Exactly. And so their 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 bodies are accustomed to eating shit, literal and figurative. Well, that's why do. a lot of the, the a lot of the original religions were shun pork, shellfish, stuff like that because it, you're risking it. Right. Like if you don't cook it right, it's a big deal, you know. But uh, I want to do a test one day. Uh, I basically set a lot of research projects together to, f- to find out not only the temperament but the way the animals look the way they reacted all this stuff i wanted to do it all together so i took two uh cottonmouth the quichadon piscivores and uh put them together they're they're from the same clutch and i raised one on rodents and one on fish and the one that ate fish scales were always brighter its pattern was always better like all this stuff and the only, the only thing i could think of is that it was consuming that keratin the, the stuff scales are made out of right it was consuming the things it needed. That's why we eat, why we drink broth. You can't eat bones, you know right, what I mean? But, right. but you can get the same nutrients through broth concentrated. So I think essentially the one that was eating that was doing better and the one that was eating hair didn't get as much of the same vitamins and minerals that it needed the the building blocks of its existence, right. you know? But uh Well I, moccasins how um, as far as like with their life, how much is 
a, like aquatic and how much is like on land with uh, them? It, it depends. But uh, essentially a copperhead and a cottonmouth are the same genus. Again, a Keystronon. Keystronon cananti mm-hmm. and a Keystronon piscivorus in Latin. So same snake, one's land dwelling, one's aquatic. But a uh, cottonmouth can live its whole life in the water, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in water to survive. That right. Makes sense. It's not going to dry out and die. It's not a salamander yeah, or yeah. a fish, you know. So they can exist entirely off of, let's say, let's say a young frog or a young uh, cottonmouth eats a frog. And in the area that it is, it's got an overpopulation of bullfrogs. So they're abundant, easy to catch. Well, that's what it associates food with. Now, if it was to migrate, let's say it reaches breeding age and it gets that feeling in its heart, I gotta find me something to run through, baby. <laughs> it starts shooting through the tree line right there and hits another creek. Well, this creek doesn't have any frogs, it only has shiners. For a while, it just won't eat. You know, whatever, I'm cool, you know, it'll go to more of a calorie restricted activity. Right. So it'll try to not burn any calories and you'd be amazing a year, a year without eating, without losing a gram of weight. They're insane machines. So it'll tuck in, kind of hide out all that stuff, and then whatever presents itself, it'll ambush. So now it's an opportunist. So now it's eating shiners. Now it's eating fish. So it'll, it'll kind of adjust its diet based on that. You know, uh, if you take one in captivity and feed it only rodents and release it, there's a 50/50 chance that it could acquire a new diet, or it could just starve to death because it doesn't. It can't find rats. Right. You know. So uh, it's pretty uh, amazing, and, uh, and not just snakes, but a lot of animals have that in them, like um, uh, uh, horses and deer will turn carnivorous oh, yeah. if they don't have enough protein. You'd be amazing how many things go cannibalistic. Yeah, man. Just, just out of survival. So yeah. You know, huh? And uh, it's interesting for sure, but then I started, I wanted to branch out a little bit from diet only. I wanted to look at conditions and temperament. And uh, I found that a lot of uh, mutations, essentially, uh, the color patterns, the albinos, the melanistics, the caramels, the pinstripes, all the different paint jobs of snakes. As soon as they throw that kind of genetic key you can pull them breed only those and produce new genetic patterns right so uh it, it was really cool to see albino snakes like uh there's one that the orion society has who's seven foot three seven foot four now and a super awesome animal eastern diamondback rattlesnake but because it's uh once again i haven't confirmed the correlation but because it's albino i believe it lacks that growth inhibition code that's kind of programmed into our dna so it's going to grow indefinitely but also because it's albino it's more t- more temporal you can handle it like, right. It's super easy. The the, the exhibit, exhibit that they do is a lady pulling out this forty pound, seven foot monster. It's a world record for the biggest living diamondback. But she's just hand, he's never strikes forty pounds. He never strikes. Never rattles. Nothing doing anything. And that might that's, that might be an undershot. That's just me guessing based off the look of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm eyeballing it. But a super gentle animal. So. That made me curious if that was exclusive to the fact that he was captive born and captive bred or if it was related to his genetics being an abnormality because white boxers go blind, go deaf, have hip dysplasia. Right. Certain, certain, certain dog species, if they have, if we, if we bred them to be small, they wind up having problems. If we bred them to be short nose, they wind up having well, respiratory al- issues. Albinos, for a long time, they're like, they're, you stick out, like you, you don't oh, have yeah. camouflage exactly. in nature. Exactly. You know? so it's a lot more risky. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, think hairless cat. Yeah, it wasn't meant to exist, and now it's dependent on humans to exist. Yeah. So uh, it has a more docile nature than a wild cat. If it makes sense, even a, a tame house cat, if you let it out for a while, it's going feral. That's not going to happen with a, with a hairless cat because they are so dependent on warmth and safety. Right. Uh, so they, they learn to be more submissive, basically, more like a dog. If I have one. She's awesome. More like a dog, cuddly, but always real needy. Whereas my other cat don't fuck with. <laughs> and, like, whatever she wants to do, you know. But uh, essentially, 
I decided to take two boa constrictors, BCI, boa constrictor imperator, put them in two different uh, enclosures. One of them was lower temps, average humidity. The other one was higher temps, higher humidity. And I wanted to see kind of in these two ranges, diet, activity, temperament, everything that I could. The brother and sister, same same clutch of eggs, raised together, everything else. So, uh, what I found was the one with the lower temperature, lower humidity, but average, still good conditions for them. I didn't go outside of safe for the animal. Right, you know I, mean? right. I just pushed the barriers, pushed the bounds. So uh, this one, docile, almost uh, would eat almost to the point of obesity. Wouldn't really do anything. Would sit back casual. I could take it out, handle him, put him back in. He ate every time I tried to feed him, but his cage was always clean. Everything looked good. The other one with the higher humidity, higher higher tips, ran around the cage almost constantly. Like I'd have to drop the temps to get him to calm down. He would draw lines on the screen or on the, the glass with his nose to the condensation from the humidity of just being so active. He would eat he would eat on a regular basis like the other one, but he would also be aggressive towards me. Mm -hmm. uh, he would digest faster, poop faster, so I had to feed him more often, but would still struggle to keep weight. He was always lean. And I was just like, hmm, this is this is interesting that the conditions dictate the temperament of the animal. So then I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's what's going on in the Middle East. Because you let the air condition go out here, and I'm a different person. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of You're heat. You're not wrong. A little bit of know? heat, a little bit of humidity. I get more tense. So I started thinking, well, these are the conditions these animals are raised in. They exist in them exclusively. So it's easy to look at a wild animal and think, oh, it's, it's aggressive. I know it's not aggressive. It's defensive, and it's having to survive. Like yeah. Its whole life is survival. Whereas you take the same animal in captivity where you can give it perfect conditions, then it's going to be a lot different animal to deal with. Uh, essentially, if you apply that to the human race, we're a lot easier to deal with when we're in captivity and we're in control of our environment. But I like the the discovery that I made was it was accidentally not related to animals at all. I was doing it about animals. But right. What I learned was that it was more about people, that we are, in fact, animals and we exist in these cages. We build cages for ourselves, our bedrooms, our office, our car. But we don't pay attention to the circumstances of our keeping. And I like it because it's called husbandry when you, with, with mm -hmm. animals, the ability to provide a stable condition for the animal to thrive and reach its full potential. But a lot of us are bad husbands to ourselves. We don't have good husbandry for us. Right. We don't think, what do I need in my environment to be enriched? What do I need in my environment to have this? So jumping from there, and I don't mean to go on a huge rant for oh, you, but, God, dude, but at the same you time, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so, essentially, what I realized was we need these things, but if you take a dog that was bred to be a farm dog, to cat, to round sheep, and to herd animals, and to do all this work and everything, and you put it in an apartment, what that dog gets is separation anxiety, depression. His hair starts falling out. His teeth start getting bad. He gets tumors. He gets diseases. His yeah. joints go out. So if you take that same thing and you correlate it to humanity, maybe your depression and anxiety isn't a lack of Zoloft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the circumstances of your keeping. Yeah. Maybe you're not meeting the expectations of your species, and I believe it's different not just for each individual. Like your mom and dad may be one thing, but you may be another. And uh, I like that the Native Americans call it spirit animals because I'm very dog-like. I get excited. I'm social. I like to run. I like to chase. I'm, I like to do things. I get. I come home with my tail wagging because I'm excited <laughs> to be there. You know. Right. Um, I knew a girl once who was cat-like, very cat-like. She had all the followers on Instagram blowing up everything else, but she wouldn't bathe for three or four days. She'd do her makeup, dry shampoo, all that stuff, but she hated water. She went to the pool, she didn't want to swim. Went to the river, she didn't want to swim. Go to the beach, she didn't want to swim. She wants to swim on the beach. Uh, she has this outward appearance of cleanliness. Everyone thought 
she had this excellent thing. I go to her house and there's like a litter box. It's cluttered and nasty, yeah. and she's got her little section. Her, she compartmentalized it there. Um, people thought she was arrogant and stuck up, but in rea- reality, she was. It was a projection of an insecurity, very similar to the way a cat is a four-pound killing machine. You know what yeah. I mean? Like obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a tension there, a little inner conflict. But uh, I would try to be affectionate, and she'd shy away. But if she wanted affection, 100% got to be dedicated to it. it was so cat-like to me, and it, right. it messed me up. Cause I was like, oh wow, you know, this is incredible. So if I met the conditions of a cat, she would thrive. But I'm a dog, <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't mesh well. Right. So it was understood. Well, there was another girl that I knew that uh, she would sing. She loved to clean house. She loved to nest and build her little nest. She loved to twerp. But you can't cage a bird. Mm-hmm. Birds like to be free. Birds mm-hmm. are free spirits. So I started kind of correlating this with uh, people I was dealing with on an everyday basis, all the way down to business, personal relationships, everything else. And I started kind of trying to learn what personality my people had so I could better cater myself to dealing with them. Right. If I deal with the wrong animal wrong, then it's going to lash out and I'm going to have a hard time, but I won't get through to it. But uh, I felt like the same way. So I um, had a buddy who's very bear-like, loud, all the time, uh, bear tattoo, bears on the shirts. He was always just this overly masculine type aggression or you know, projection of aggression. And uh, one day I started thinking about it and I was like, what, what are bears' actual qualities? Because bears here they a black bear they're right. not like that they're not promiscuous they're not they don't like conflict they don't leave they don't take more than they need and this guy when he goes out of town he doesn't go to the resorts he goes to the slums he wants to experience the culture there right uh, uh, he's very money motivated he uh, he's, he's had multiple wives been a promiscuous person and I was like well, that doesn't correlate with a bear's personality so he's projecting bear but what animal would he be I started, salmon well, fish I started digging through trying to figure out I was like he's from here He's from here, mm-hmm. born and raised. His family's from here, everything else. And I was like, "What native bears besides a black bear? What native bear species do we have?" A raccoon is very bear-like. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're very greedy. They're from the same family. Exactly. They love silver. They like the slums. They have a rich diet. They're promiscuous. They fight. They're very conflict-oriented. They prefer the trashy areas, not the resorts with the majesty like a bear, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking, well, if I want to trap a bear or I want to trap a raccoon, I gotta use different bait. I gotta use different techniques if I want to be able to be around a bear, raise a bear, deal with a bear, cohabitate with a bear. Then I have to react differently than the same thing with a raccoon, you know. Right. If uh, so, I learned that with this particular person, if I want to trap a raccoon, I can use silver. There's a uh, I can't remember if it's old yellow or where the red fern grows, but they drive two nails crisscross in a hole in a stump, but there's a coin in the bottom, and the raccoon grabs it, makes a fist, and his the nails keep him from pulling his fist out, he won't let go of the coin. Yeah. They would kill him with sticks because it was that easy. He didn't have to waste rounds, you know? Uh, so a bear won't do that. A bear likes majesty, things like that. So if I say, hey, what if we sponsor this Little League team over here? It'll be really cool. The community would appreciate it. Probably not going to get through, you know what I mean? Right. Hey, what, what if you sponsor this Little League team, your names on the shirts, you make all <laughs> kind of money selling merch at the place, you know what I mean? They, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a lot easier to present ideas and things to people. It's not manipulation, more as understanding. I know what you like, I know what you want, I know what you what you could get from this. Well, yeah, just because uh, you have a symbiotic exchange with somebody doesn't necessarily mean that there's manipulation going on. You yeah, know, for sure. And a lot of a lot of times, I'll um, I'll look at people and I'll uh, view them as like if you were like a cartoon animal, like because that's just how my mind goes. Okay. But uh, yeah, I found myself. I'm uh, normally attracted to bird women. Bird women. Yeah, well, 
because well, you were engaged and you're not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Birds don't do well in captivity, but no, uh, I like a um, I like a woman who's um, uh, free spirit because like um, you know the uh, the dominant side of my personality doesn't want to control a woman. Oh, you sure, know what sure. I mean? No, sure. no, outside of certain. Uh, uh, Carnal circumstances. Oh, Shamari. Yeah, 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 yeah. When when the when the Don Daddy hat comes on, that's yeah. You know, but I mean, that name's Bond. <laughs> Dude, I had a James Bondage. That's a car. That's a con. James Bondage. Hey. Fuck yeah. Hey, that's your Instagram name, bro. You need to change that shit right now. It's probably already taken. My homie coming late. Are you still catching snakes? I said, Yeah, man. He said, You still doing tattoos? I said, Yeah, man. He said, Fucking sleeve or whatever here. I said, Boom. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, I gotta do something with that, man. I, I'm, I'm not that creative. <laughs> Holy shit! No, that's that's fucking good. Look, I, that's my thing. Is I know. It's but yeah, not- like a yeah, uh, like a free like someone's like free spirit. Go back to like talking about um like the projection of the guy who's really a raccoon but projects <laughs> a bear. So like you you'll have a um, a fair amount of. Dudes, I'll be like, like, oh yeah, I'd like, yeah, good, call me daddy or whatnot. It's like, it's like, bro, I don't. One, I don't think that's accurate. You gonna kill a girl and like, crush her windpipe? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like jokes, bro. Get your life together. Yeah, seriously. Besides that, like, I've had a, a uh, not to you know call my own but, uh, sluttiness now, one, baby but, girl, but I've but I've one. had a, a a substantial amount of women call me daddy before, and probably <laughs> not all of them were being honest whenever it was happening. <laughs> You know, so like, yeah. hey, ego needs to be stroked too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, you know, a couple, <laughs> like some of these dudes are just like, like, yeah, but I'm dumb. It's like, it's like, well, but truly, an, an, an alpha is somebody who just like carves their own way through the force. Calm confidence. Calm confidence is alpha. Yeah, if, like if they're calm, confident, moving through, you can always tell which wolf's the alpha wolf because there's no desperation whatsoever. Now, if you see someone pull out a stack of money, start waving it around, and someone else like cocky motherfuckers, like, no, he's insecure. Yeah, that makes him feel bigger. That's all he has it's to a go objection. on. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's yeah. what you need. Enjoy it. Yeah. Live, that, live your life. Not not all dudes have such sparkling personalities as the two of us. It's nor exactly. nor as handsome as the two hey, of us. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but like people, like they, like we 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 are animalistic in in, in so many ways, I and mean, more so than just like. Our biology. The reason know? why I said it's not manipulation is because I have this strange theory, and it's probably just my own problems. But I love my dog, my Doberman. Mm-hmm. I love her so. I love my little Wawa too. I love both of them. But I was sitting there one day, and I was watching a crime documentary, listening to a podcast about it, and uh, I may I get these two confused a lot: Stockholm syndrome and Munchausen by proxy. Stockholm is whenever Stockholm. Is when you're held captive, and you start to the empathize other, and sympathize okay. with with your own terrorists. The Munchausen is when like, oh, you're sick, sick. you can't go and to you, school. Exactly, that's a yeah. gypsy, gypsy rose yeah. type thing. Yeah. Well, check this. Out. <laughs> I was sitting there looking at my dog, and I was like, does she love me, or is she a Stockholm victim? <laughs> <laughs> because I took her from my mother at birth. And I groomed her to do what I say, and I give her treats when she does it, and she's trapped. <laughs> like, if I let her out, she'll come back. Right. But how much of that is natural, and how much have I imp- imp- 
Well, imposed upon her. You know, dogs what I mean? do have a natural inclination to be uh, uh, captives of humans. That's what I'm know? saying. So it just it fucked me up one day. <laughs> do I truly love this animal by having it in this house? But either way, uh, I, I, this is to me it's the same extent. When you're dealing with, with with human beings, it's easy to understand what you're dealing with. And like you're talking about the projection, I believe we have an animal we think we are. Like I'm not even be a dog. I might be a fucking cat. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's so many different types of cats. Lions lay in the shade. The males lay in the shade. The females feed them. They, do, they, they live, and then once every so often, they get up and go on a war path. They kill everything they can. They don't eat it. They just kill it just to kill it. And uh, it baffled scientists for years. They couldn't figure out what it was. But what it is is it's, it's, it's forcing its reputation upon the new generation of these animals. Mm-hmm. I'm king of the jungle. Remember yeah. this. And then for years, they don't mess with them. And then when they start messing with the cubs, messing with the females, he gets up and tears ass again. That's beautiful to me. You know? It's a, and it's a, a cat species that operates very dog-like. They're very social. They're pack-oriented, everything else. But the female is the hunter and the provider, and the male is the protection. Yeah. And it's a whole different situation. And I got plenty of people I graduated with high school. That's their dynamic of their marriage. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. The woman's working, bringing home the bread. The man's holding it down. Beautiful. I, I respect the fuck out of it. And I think it's easier when you understand the dynamic of the relationship you're in, even if it's not an actual relationship with the person you're dealing with. You yeah. Know? Well, not every not every family, not every relationship, it, it needs the same it has the same diagnosis, nor has the same um, solution. For sure. You know what I mean? And that goes down to the individual. Everybody, oh yeah. And, and that, that's that's kind of my my take on it is rather than say some universal you need some Xanax you get stressed out well, what, what's your anxiety from because when a cheetah gets anxiety when a lion's coming because by the way animal fact by the way people think cheetahs are the fastest animal pound for pound cheetahs are fastest but if it was the size of a lion it would be faster than a lion but a lion the size of a cheetah would smoke a cheetah cheetahs don't have um, I forget what I was reading but it's like the short burst yeah che- cheetahs are not like they're they're um, uh, I think the jaguar has like the quickest yeah. like uh, off the line yeah, yeah. Uh, cheetahs are endurance they're built lean mm-hmm. but so yeah they're they're designed to chase after a gazelle for ever yeah ever. <laughs> the, the thing about the lions is they can catch them like mm-hmm. the jaguar they can yeah. they can burst and catch them in a short run so they'll uh, there's a video on YouTube you can watch right now of a lion killing three or four cheetahs in a row every one of them. They were trying to breed, runs up on him, kills every every single one of them. But that's what he was. That's what he does, you know. Yeah. His bloodbath. But uh, it was. It's just interesting. Interesting to me to look at it as maybe it's not universal. Maybe it's each and every individual needs a different approach to resolve their anxiety because anxiety is a natural thing. Yeah. You're supposed to be anxious. It's well, yeah. What are you yeah anxious stress about? is healthy to a certain point. Stress is healthy when it's when it has an explanation. Yeah. And I think all stress has an explanation. I think we think because we choose to be oblivious to certain aspects of what we are, but we are natural animals. We build right angles and cold surfaces, and this is where we're supposed to be, but it's not how we existed for millennia. Right. And now everyone's sad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, because you need vitamin D and yeah. water. <laughs> like you haven't had a glass of water in three years. You don't have any sun. It's a, it, part of it is, um, like, like I, I, I feel the disconnect from like, I'll see some of my friends that live in big cities, and I'll see them online, and like, 
some of them to them it's just like this is still the apocalypse like oh, it, sure. like it hadn't ended last year and it's, it hasn't even started <laughs> we don't even notice it's insane it, it's like like i understand like 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 the hospitals are overrun like i get that but they're also understaffed for sure it's, like, it's mismanagement of budget yeah is what it boils down to with the it's no different than afghanistan right now the the I, I, I think all of, I was talking about this with uh, uh, Dusty earlier before we got started that like the the stuff with the COVID and lockdowns is just one piece of a pie of bullshit it's a, it's, that it exists yeah I'm not saying it doesn't exist the, yeah, the, the disease I'm saying real. it's natural that's what happens naturally when populations get too dense and there's not enough food source and there's desperation and there's anxiety and there's starvation and there's survival disease riddles it well, and then you Any. put everybody inside for like a year. Destroy their immune and, system. And Go ahead you, and destroy their immune system. You, yeah, you, you, you uh, put, and I, I'm sorry, but like I think the masks are more of a placebo at this point. I think they do more harm than good. I smell on, a fart through them. On a, uh, <laughs> I think they do more harm than good, both psychologically. I think it's damaging to us. Uh, when we don't see people's faces, I think it's incredibly damaging to kids. I made it a metaphor. And, I, and I think that like we we need to be exposed to people's bacteria in a certain way. For sure. You know what I mean? Like I, I made a, a metaphor the other day that it, to me it's like uh, church. All these people are able to be good out of fear of hellfire. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think be good in quotes. Get those people in the open. If you need motivation of hellfire to be a decent individual, I want you where I can see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like the mask is a very similar insurance as church. It's like, well, if I put on this mask, I'm a good person. Yeah. If I put on this mask, I did my part. If I wear my mask, then that's my little badge of honor and I'm doing my thing, you know? In reality, it's beneficial to a percentage, but statistically, it's not an insane percentage unless you're running out in the hazmat food. So look at vi virologists, what, how, what they wear when they study viruses. Yeah. It's, it's not fucking paper. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no. And, like, I, I understand the uh, the argument when people will correlate the data like that to where they're yeah. like, well, if we would have had more people uh, vaccinated, locked down, and masked up, we wouldn't be in this predicament. And to that I say that's horseshit. Like, that's, that, that's horseshit. I think that this would be going on regardless of those things that this is uh, from we talked about in the first uh, episode that I think we've been in war for like the past like 20 years yeah. or so and I, I think that like this is just more data for that that suggests that we're we have the illusion of freedom and now what seems to be handed down to governors of each state which is frightening is that they're going to decide not based on constitutional law but based on their view of scientism, yeah. like how they're going to handle these scenarios. And uh, again, going back, we were talking about earlier, there is no great solution for all this. But like every, everybody's different. You should talk to your doctor is what you should do. You should talk to your doctor and not your fucking friends on Facebook and not your, um, your local politicians and their opinions on it, like, talk to your doctor, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm even more different than that, and I know it causes conflict with me in some uh, relationships, friendships, things like that, but uh, I'm a big faith guy. I believe in creation. I believe in natural. And it, it hurts people's feelings for me to say this is what happens when, it, when to improve a gene pool. 
This is what happens in nature. And we can try as we might, but we can't overcome that. So my thing is, if I'm supposed to die by a plague, I'll die by a plague. If I die, supposed to die I, from a vaccine, I'll die from a vaccine. I so agree with you on those. I believe in living, experiencing, do what happens. You can only shield yourself from so much, and how much security is actually living. So uh, as far as the vaccine goes, when when you worm certain species of when you worm certain species of dogs, cattle with a certain wormer. All the worms die, and then the eggs stay, and they're resistant to the back to that particular strain of wormer. Right. Uh, we did the same thing with Staphylococcus bacteria, staph infection, by treating it with antibiotics in the incorrect manner, scientifically and studying for quite some time. We developed MRSA, methicillin-resistant staph infection, and it was non-responsive antibiotics. Sulfur was the only thing that could kill it. It could kill people. It was vastly infective. It was way different than uh, anything, or infectious, way different than any other strain of staph that we had encountered before. Um, that's what worries me about the vaccine. Is by rushing the vaccine, you're not you're not only preventing the disease, but you're mutating the disease by forcing it to fight these yeah. certain things. So you're yeah. going to have a stronger disease. So these booster shots are going to be necessary because the vaccine's only going to work for this strain. The new strain is going to be resistant to it, and it's going to keep developing and mutating until we have something we can't control. Yeah. So. Treating with medicine is cool, but it's not always the best route first. Like, there needs to be a plenty of research. I'm not saying that they're rushing anything. Who knows what they're doing? Uh, I'll say I think they did rush it. And, I, I think they were ready would, for it. That would be a good argument. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it depends on in what context you're talking about. If you're talking about actually preventing disease, if, if that's no, their no, motive. No, just having a have response for it. If that's their motive, then yes, they rushed it. If you're talking about producing a billion dollar industry, then they didn't rush it. Yeah, yeah. They're making their money, bud. Yeah, 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 you're right. It's, it's, it's controlled economics. Yeah. And uh, also outside of that, since 1991, uh, the original Middle East with, with the Gulf War, everything that happened back then, and then 2001, and then now, 2021 there's been repeated conflict over there well if you think about it around the same time that the war on drugs started it's the first war on concept there's never right. been a war on concept every other time it was a faction that we could eradicate now we have a concept you can't destroy drugs no. you can't beat drugs you now can't we, beat terrorism and, we've, and that's my point we've lost the war on drugs so then they introduced another concept now we have the war 10 years later now we have the war on terror you can't beat terror. Terror will always exist, yeah. either domestic, foreign, everything else. And now all of a sudden we have a war on virus. Now there was a huge theory at one time that the only way to unite everyone was to have a common enemy. It would take extraterrestrial invasion in order to get the whole world to unify and, right. and, and band together. I say, what is a virus but something alien. evasive, something alien? Yeah. So it's, it's insane that they kind of created this. Mm, that's interesting. This patent. This is a patent. On I know we're going to dive there, down into a deep There sure is a patent that, on There's it. a patent yeah. on it. And it's, it's existed in dogs for years. We've vaccinated for, against COVID in dogs for years. If you look at an 8 in 1, 9 in 1, 7 in 1 shot, COVID is one of coronavirus. It's one of them. It's coronavirus, brucellosis, uh, all, all these different disease, parvovirus, all these mm -hmm. different viruses that were strictly for dogs. It's when it cross species barrier, now corona is available to us. But it, it existed for millennia before us, before it crossed the barrier. You right. Know? And if you look in the past, whenever things like that happened, it was. Somebody fucking with it. Anytime, yeah. Anything, swine flu, fucking avian flu. Dude, I saw this thing, um, this guy, I was looking at geological data with, um, uh, around the time of like a, the uh, Black Plague. Mm -hmm. and um, Which has popped back up this year, by the way. Yeah, yeah, in L.A., mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but um, he, he started piecing together um, a somewhat logical argument. Now, granted, a lot of the records from back then are kind of, anecdotal you know but um, arguing that well if the earth opened up 
with all these volcanoes that we're seeing in the geological data and all this presumed uh, toxic air, yeah. right? Like the oxygen levels would have been lower. Mm -hmm. And uh, he starts uh, naming off some of the symptoms of like the bubonic plague and how like they correlate with that. Nice uh, yeah. That's super cool. So, um, you know, I think that. Um, I, 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 I think the thing that worries me most about what we're seeing now is like, like the war on concept thing is what we're coming into I feel is not a, a war on, on sickness but it's going to be a war on misinformation and when that happens then you're going to have no more First Amendment rights yeah. because you're not going to be able to be wrong. I said similar but I said it's a war on independence. Mm. They yeah. want you to be dependent upon the medical structure, the government structure in order to survive. And unfortunately, a lot of us are just fucking rugged. And it's, <laughs> it's going to take more than that to affect us. Now, I'm not saying I'm not worried about it for my granny. She's fragile. Right. I'm not saying I'm not worried about it for my family members who are morbidly obese or diabetic or things like that, because obviously it does have an implication for them. What I'm saying is for me, I'm not too too sweating. Like I, I can survive it. I ain't saying it's gonna be easy. I ain't, I ain't saying it's gonna be rough. But right. as far as it goes, I'll be tougher afterwards. Everyone I know that has it that was in decent condition, or actually improved. A lot of uh, athletes and celebrities that got it, their cardio game stepped up. Uh, Dr. Drew, uh, Drew Pazinski, he actually got it, and he was learning Greek at the time, and was having a hard time maintaining the information from the Greek that he learned. Uh, got COVID, got over COVID, and was able to process Greek and speak with a Greek accent at three or four times the rate that he was doing it. And he's a doctor. He documented all this stuff, and he said that it affected his brain like a stroke because a lot of the like simple terminology that he knew beforehand couldn't remember. Medical stuff he treated for 20 years, he couldn't remember, couldn't call it. He'd have to, mm, and then figure it out. But new information, he was taking in an astounding rate, an astounding rate. And um, I think what it is is... We don't, there's still things we don't know. Right. Like you said about the volcano and the bubonic play, there's no comprehensive data. Right. Um, there wasn't anything studied by then, back then to the degree that we study it now. Uh, no peer-reviewed articles, you know. But Definitely not on the communicative level that we have like, we, in modern times. Exactly. There was a case of, uh, I can't remember what war it was, I'm trying to recall it, but some war, these people were wounded up pretty bad, and they were in this sloshy ice mud, and they were there for three days. And... Uh, when the rescuers showed up, all the wounds were glowing with a, with a green bioluminescent light. And they called it the angel's glow. And so it was the only reason these soldiers survived. That there was no other way outside except for some sort of heavenly glory that came down and saved their life because it was impossible for their wounds to be healing as fast as they were and for them to even still be alive in the conditions they were. Uh, I can't remember what year, I believe 1991. Hundreds of years later hundreds of years later, these college students decided to do a study to see what it was. They mirrored the conditions, created all this stuff, and found out that they had accidentally, by being in that cold environment, created the perfect opportunity for a bioluminescent bacteria to grow on their wounds. Mm. The bioluminescent bacteria fought all the bad bacteria and caused it to heal super fast and had right. some sort of really cool effect on it as far as their energy, things like that, wasn't as detrimental to yeah. their actual existence. So super cool that for hundreds of years it was angels healed them glowing <laughs> angels healed them you know right. what I mean and now we're studying it's like oh it's a bacteria we didn't know about yeah it's great well, they didn't learn about uh, what was it maggots on wounds until the civil war yeah because like there was I think it may have been Antietam there was one battle we'll say it this way our culture wasn't aware of that yeah culturally throughout the world they were doing that for 
thousands of years ago. There were yeah. maggots and flushing bacteria and wounds that needed it. Yeah, man. Like there, there's as we talked numerous times before. There's something about the archaic world that I, I think like whenever you 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 truly become conscious, oh, yeah. like it it it. it, it pulls you back and not as and when you're in it you have a more comprehensive knowledge of it the culmination of experience so mm -hmm. imagine a shaman that you hiked 200 miles to go see this man that could your wound would glow and heal fast he had a culture of bacteria yeah it's insane yeah the, the thing that the the witches and the sorcerers that they were hanging were just dealing with antibiotics yeah they, they, were doctors. they knew how to make a potion out of moldy bread that would somehow fight infection but weren't smart enough to call it penicillin yeah you know what i'm saying like it's, we, we set them on fire <laughs> we yeah. christians killed them historically you know i think there's only like we've only known about infection maybe a hundred years what is science but described magic you know yeah. what I mean? defined it, magic mm -hmm. it, it, it's a way to um take magic which uh who is it it's like one of the laws of thermodynamics that any indistinguishable technology is no different than magic. True. Um, but it, it's fine a way to tap into it and freak someone out <laughs> in the Civil War. Yeah. If I showed up with this in my AR. Oh my God. He's a magician. <laughs> he's throwing stones so fast <laughs> at such a high rate of speed. And he's glowing somehow with some sort of light emitting from his hand. His, his stick made a sound <laughs> and then... Paul died <laughs> across the yard. We should, we should feed this fella. <laughs> exactly. But you ever, uh, you ever read the study about the discovery of insulin? Children across, I believe it was America, children across America in diabetic coma. Diabetes was a disease that ravished the youth. Mm -hmm. They would just go into diabetic coma and die. So they would have a literal ward at every hospital that was only for diabetic children in diabetic homeless. And it was the saddest place in the world. You'd walk in this 30, 40 kids under 13, 12, 13, all in diabetic coma, and their parents are just waiting for the day that they never wake up again. Right. You can't talk to them, non-responsive, completely oblivious to everything else, and then one day they would just die. Automatic death sentence. Some dude invented insulin, or discovered insulin, I should say, shows up to this ward, starts shooting kids full of insulin, and they wake up rest of their life they're fine yeah he stumbled across it yeah it's insane to think about the the subtleties of medicine and how much we're we know and how much we're guessing and then how also the the rate at which it evolves right by exposure to these different bacteria we create different bacteria well yeah and it's something that you know like separates that like from like you know the virology like even like like when you when you actually like Put your biases aside and you you look at like well what was the actually was science actually say well germs are a theory as it turns out it's not proven it, the 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 other argument it happens it happens for <laughs> we sure observe it but for sure why? but the other arguments um because they're tied with archaism and what you know hippy dippy holistics would be like oh you just you need to just hold these crystals you and your cancer will oil? disappear grapeseed oil <laughs> <laughs> it's really effective for chronic inflammation <laughs> fuck out of here but um <clears throat> disease and the counter argument is caused from cellular dis-ease so a lot of it has to do with improper diet Facts. It has to do with not being outside enough, or and pay attention, ladies. <laughs> pH balance, okay? Yeah. pH balance is extremely important. Yeah, and how acidic 
Mm-hmm. Like people well, so can cancer go. can only survive in an acidic environment. It can't exist in base. In order for it to be established to ever start growing, it has to have an acidic environment. And sugar is one of the main guarantees to have an acidic environment. Yeah, but it's insane. But if you look down at pH balance down to the molecular level, you can notice your breath smells, your ears smell. It's it's insane the the type of things that our bodies do just off of being a little bit out of whack. And that's when I say start adding stuff like stress, heat, pressure, uh, just all, all the things like that. You you, you create this kind of this stable environment, right? It's, 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 it's ready to explode. Yeah. You know? Well, and you you have to do something with that stress. So if if all you're doing with it is soaking up, yeah, like staying like fucked up and sequestering yourself in front of Netflix or Hulu all day, and not going outside, like well, it, it, we we exist in a strange generation. Well, now people can. I heard someone talking about the other day. Uh, They're talking about travel, and they were like, well. I, I don't really care anymore because I can just. I wanted to go see, let's say Cozumel, but then I saw pictures of it online. Yeah, and I'm fine. You know, I don't really care about going anymore. So it's strange because we exist in this this period of time where people want to be successful and they want what all their role models have, but they're also completely content with just watching other people live these blessed lives. Yeah, that come from ambition. As long as they have comfort. Exactly. So well, it's more convenience than comfort because most of them are uncomfortable. Most of them aren't comfortable. They're not. Com- they they're not comfortable with themselves or necessarily or their, their life, yeah. but they're really comfortable being pacified and not doing something with all their stress. Distracted. Yeah, yeah. they're comfortable being distracted. I had a. I saw a friend of mine not too long ago. I'm, I won't give uh, too many details so they can remain anonymous. But um, I hadn't seen them in a couple of years, and so I went and saw them. Uh, in uh, uh, sometime in 2020, and in th- like three days that I was there, we maybe hung out maybe like four or five hours. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, they were just in the phone or like like in in their room, just sad and watching like a screen. It's just like man, like. Like, I, I mean, I was just happy to see him, but at the same time, I was like, man, like, wish you wanted to do something, mm-hmm. anything, like, go walk in a park. Some species don't need that, man. No. Some yeah. species can sit in a bowl all day. <laughs> yeah. Eat a couple goldfish flakes and swim in circles. That ain't me. <laughs> I can't vibe like that. No, no. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a, a bird uh, by any means, but I'd like, I may be like, like a flightless bird or Let's something. Let's break it down. What, what, what's, your, what's your favorite food? Uh, well, as far as, like, spirit animal goes... Don't think that deep to it. Talk to me. Well, favorite what do you food? Want to eat? I mean, shit, man. You got meat and dairy. You got sushi. You got you Italian food. Okay. You got uh, Tex-Mex. So you're very omnivorous. You, know, yeah, you yeah. like both. Okay. Oh, yeah. You don't discriminate. No, no. I feel I, you. All right. Are you nocturnal? Diurnal? Do you prefer daylight? Do you prefer the darkness? I sleep maybe like four to five hours a night, and then after that, I'm like, I'm good. Okay. Give me something to do. What about social interaction? Do you prefer large groups? Do you prefer smaller one-on-ones? Uh, man, normally I like smaller groups because... Like, How's isolation sound? Uh, well, well it's, it sounds normal by nowadays. Yeah. Since I li- you know, you're conditioned for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who you are naturally. <laughs> That's your core. <laughs> Is isolation like a cabin in the mountains by yourself? Does that seem like a oh, no, no, no. Or is that like Usu- oh, Usually, if I don't have human, 
if I don't have human interaction, like, after a week, then I'm like, I'm going to find something to do and, like, see if there's, like, a show or something I can go and check out. And I got you. About go family, are you still talking about Oh, I love family. my family. Still man. extremely involved in family, so. Fuck yeah. Very gregorial species. Yeah, so. I think, uh, I think I'm a, a land whale. <laughs> I go my own pace. I do my own thing. Family's very important. I, I'm not worried about the other concerns of folks in the ocean because I'm usually a big obtuse structure just coming right through. If someone tries to challenge a whale, they they, they normally don't uh, you know succeed unless it's another whale. You know. You're also describing a hippopotamus to a T. <laughs> I am. I am. I think I'd be more of a walrus though because the tusks and the mustache. Yeah, you know. well, I guess physics could lay, physicality could play into it a little bit. Hippos are fucking violent. They're though. gnarly animals. You're not oh, very yeah. confrontational. Dude, you see how fast? Well, you are, you are kind of confrontational. It's just less physically and more mentally. Yeah, I'm not aggressive. You still have, you still have a desire. <laughs> you're fairly aggressive with your. Uh, let's say you're. What's the word I can put? Your articulation is fairly aggressive. Like you're good at it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. That, that's not much different when it boils down to it. But uh, that, that would that would be something that I would say you're a vocal species, very vocal species. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say dial into it. You like cool temperatures? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's the the idea of having just a fountain running through your home that's the perfect temperature of your shower water at any oh, time man. you go sit in. If I can bang my wife in it, that'd yeah, be fucking okay, awesome. So, yeah. then you, I noticed you said wife, not multiple. Oh, yeah, because, so yeah, yeah. I'm guessing you're a monogamous individual. I, I, I am. I, uh, Maybe you're pinging. Maybe you're a penguin. <laughs> Maybe. You're pretty classy. Maybe. I mean, I've, I've had more than, more than one, uh, you know, empress in the bedroom before. Oh, I'm just not very good at multitasking. <laughs> They're expensive. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, I didn't pay for anything financially, just psychologically. No, I, mean, I mean, you sacrificed in some way. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You contributed. I did not have grays in my beard until I had a threesome. There you go. There and, you then, go. <laughs> and then from there, oh, I was like, oh, right. shit. There's no turning back now. Dial into it, man. See what you can figure out. I got a couple of theories, but I'd rather think about them a little longer. Kind of see everything I said was bullshit. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you uh, what do you think about uh, the stuff that's going on in uh, Afghanistan? Uh, I think it's terribly mismanaged. But if you wanna if you wanna boil down to it, I can't. You, you can't put all of the responsibility on Biden. No, of like, course yes, not. Yes, he's not doing what he should do at all. Mm. Not I, a huge fan. Personally. I will say this. I agree with him that we should get out of Afghanistan. Getting the troops out is a good he idea. He should have done that in 2001. Yeah. 2000, it should have been a quick stint. Mm-hmm. At one point, we had ways of war on terror instead of war on the Taliban. Every Taliban could be dead right now. We could have eradicated them from this planet. And I know that's a politically disruptive position on the situation well, but first destroy it was, fucking evil man yeah well at first it was like well we're going after Al Qaeda hmm. right and then got them out of Afghanistan or minimized and that's like after well, we armed them yeah and right, like, like now well who's next well we had allies in the 80s and the Taliban mm-hmm. we kind of left them behind maybe they have some more of our weapons exactly oh well we better go and stop but them it's, too it's deeper than that because the Viet Cong we did the same thing and mm-hmm. lost, lost that one yeah, doing the same thing again. Forced occupation, extended time, no actual. I mean, yes, actual warfare, but not the the way we fought historically. There's no. It's more about setting up an occupation, setting up an establishment there. And now we see what happens when you got an embassy full of American technology sitting in a country that doesn't want us there. Yeah. For twenty years. 
you know the the, the long term implications of us setting up in another country that's the same as uh, the Roman Empire and when they were withholding uh, Israel yeah when they were occupying Israel well and same with the, the British Empire when they were in India when they were in uh, 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 well, was that Eastern or Japan? No, yeah, Korea. Eastern Africa, Japan and Korea. Yeah, it was the same situation. Yeah, so like imperialism. Why is, it, why is it bullying when it's other countries, but with us it's kosher? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I don't. That's no pun intended on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, man, like um, like you said, horribly mismanaged. But, it's because they they, they went in and they're like, all right, well, let's get everybody at the embassy out and let's get. Uh, you know, military personnel out, and then we'll figure the rest later. Yeah. Well, the, the, because the, the reason why, the reason why, and this this is hopefully it'll ease some people's heart. Everyone's freaking out because they have drones and black hawk helicopters and all this technology and computers and everything. It only works with the software provided by billions of dollars worth of U.S. companies. Right. The one update, none of that shit works anymore. Yeah. So that that's cool, but that doesn't negate the fact that it is billions of dollars worth of equipment to be sold to Russia, China, any of our allies, right. quotes. Well, here's here's a couple of other things it's on funding. it. There's, there's about 11,000 American citizens that are still over there. Yeah. Like, they're still over there. That and are, boots on the ground sounds good for people who ain't wearing the boots. Yeah. We're, we got to send more people now. There's going to be more conflict now. Yeah. And they're going to be better armed and more prepared. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Red Dawn. Everyone's freaking out here at dawn. No, what what I I do think is uh, interesting about that angle though is that um you know there's this push for I think it's like ten or fifteen years it's it's probably two for like hard lefties but it's um you know electric vehicles everybody has to have yeah. electric vehicles well you have to mine for I think it's uh, lithium for the batteries for the electric vehicles guess which country is abundantly rich in the minerals in their mountains. Hmm. Afghanistan. Makes sense. So, yeah, like, chess game. Big chess game. Yeah, that if you if you want to stay in war longer, you have to have a reason to, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So now, like, I think you see particularly from like the media all this like pro-war stuff where they're like, how could Biden do this? Like, he's 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 lying to the American people. It's like, well, one, yeah, he's the president. Of course he's lying to the fucking people. They're all criminals. They're all crooks. So, so are most of more, what are they lying about? Because yeah. with Trump, he was a liar, too. Yeah. <laughs> but this situation would be a lot different with Trump. Yeah. And that's the thing is, now they have a scapegoat. They have a hidden president. Someone who's not in the public eye, who's not a public figure at all. Yeah. He's, he's been in politics forever and done nothing. Doesn't have a huge following, anything else like that. What's going to happen if we crucify him? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It won't even be entertaining in the news. Yeah, who's even running the show right now? He's a like, ridden old man. Yeah, like, he's been in hiding. The The vice president hasn't spoken in six days. Right. The press secretary's on vacation. I, the, I'd be curious if Biden would qualify as a door guy at Walmart. <laughs> if he could pass... Hey there, the how you doing, with? fat? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Would he pass the evaluation for that? We got him running the country. Welcome to Walmart. Come on, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, and that's my thing is nothing. I don't think they would allow it because I think they have. You're not allowed to sniff the customers as they come through the door. And, and my thing is, so many people were so <laughs> devoutly dedicated to this man and completely oblivious to any of his history. 
just because he wasn't drunk. Yeah. And my thing, I'm not... Don't get this misconstrued, audience. I'm not a fucking Trump fan either. I don't like anybody. <laughs> Willie Nelson would have been cool. Cool as fuck. The Rock. I might vote for The Rock. Yeah, but uh, Jesse Ventura, Jesse as we Ventura were talking the other day. Damn sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> That's a campaign I've ever heard one, isn't it? Mr. But, Ventura, the, your campaign is bleeding. We're spending too much. I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed, dude. <laughs> Bunch of slack job. <laughs> but I don't know it's it's interesting to see where we're going because I thought last year or last term I thought by the end of last term we'd be somewhere completely different I was like shit this is going to be super 80s <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's about to be lit and then to look at where we're at now I'm like Jesus No, they five years later you know it's, it's wild to see just what America's become, but more what I'm worried about is how we look globally. Because if you watch any independent news source from any other country, we're a joke. Yeah. We're a fucking laughing stock. And it's insane to look at it and think that way. Meanwhile, California's still shut down. Everybody moving to Texas because they're finally realizing the freedoms of a conservative state. Yeah. Insane to look at. The tent cities overrun the diseases that we've had eradicated for years. Uh, poverty at an all-time low. And... The, the media's approaching it as a homelessness issue. Like, it's because they don't have homes. But it's in reality a mental health and addiction issue because we don't pro- appropriately manage our health care system to the, where these people can get help. So it, 90% of them are mentally unwell or addicted to drugs. Yeah. And they can't get help because they can't afford it. And no one's really going to help them. And then the states that say they're going to help them, they create all these huge grants and everything else to provide for these people when they don't really do anything. No, they instead, put spikes on Yeah, they say they put spikes on benches and underneath underpasses yeah, so they can't and sleep. That, and that's, that's the homelessness approach for most cities. And like I said, it, 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 I think it needs less police involvement and more medical professional involvement to eradicate homelessness or to help fix some of these conditions. Uh, outside of that, uh, the people that are dealing with it, the, the cops... Cops don't have to go to law school. Yeah. Yeah. Lawyers go to law school. Yeah. Cops don't have to. No. So 90% of them don't even understand what they're dealing with. And when you deal with a place like California, this kind of utopian society where now drugs are legal, homelessness is essentially legal. In San Francisco, you could shoplift up to $900 and there's no criminal prosecution. That's my thing is, how do you expect a cop to exist in that environment? How do you expect them to feel if they're not going to? Because they're not they're not supported, and whenever they're not supported by the community, they're going to honor whoever's paying them. Essentially. So if you have a corrupt politician, which California's got a fair amount of them, that is running a city, well, they don't give a shit about their citizens' civil rights. So they're putting spikes on benches so people can't sleep. You know, they're they're uh, raising the cost of living. They're shutting businesses down. So what it seems like, it's creating a caste system to where you're having no middle class in these cities, but you're pushing more towards the haves and the have-nots. For sure. And uh, another another thing that I see coming in the near future is the, they they say defunding the police. I don't think it's going to be so much as defunding the police as it will be privatizing. Think mercenaries compared to mm-hmm. Army National Guard or the the military in general, you're going to have a lot more incentive-based arrests, things like that, because it'd be privatized, it'd be about profit. And uh, essentially, we've done that already because if you look at crime, uh, a true crime requires a victim, 
and uh, sheriff deputies, they are they approach crime in a different manner than police, which is policy enforcement. Right. So if I get pulled over for a lack of a tail light, there's no victim. I haven't harmed anyone. I've done no wrong, but I have violated policy. So now I have to sign a contract with the state to generate revenue. That's privatized. So it sounds like a racketeering scam. It's economics. It's, hey, you pay me, and I'll make sure this is good. What's interesting is that the mafia came and was like, hey, if you don't pay us, we're going to destroy your life. That's a big deal. But if i got to register my car on my birthday and I don't have the money, I can't drive to work to feed my family. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, 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 it's pressure for insurance about your security. And we do the same thing in, at a grand level with the government, but it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's just what they do. To me, I'm, I'm like, how ridiculous is this? You know, like, uh, there's so many petty policies that really have no weight in court. Uh, child support, weed, all these things. You can get insane criminal sentences for, and pedophiles get two and a half years, three years. Yeah. Like, it's insane to look at when when you when you deal with policy enforcement as a way to generate revenue, then crime becomes unbeneficial because there's no real payout. You got probation, yeah, but mostly they're going to be going into a sale, and taxpayers' dollars are going to be going to feed them and house them and rehabilitate them. All this noise, rather than going into the pockets of the politicians or the people around. So they don't want to incarcerate people for crime. They want to enforce policy. So now you have pedophiles and meth heads and everything else running around robbing and stealing and raping and molesting and everything else. But all the revenue is coming from the petty shit. Yeah, that they can enforce. So you wonder why your town's overrun with meth and there's red dots all over your map for pedophiles living in your fucking neighborhood. It's because there's no money involved with those. Those are headaches and that takes taxpayers' dollars. But if you wonder why every time you turn around you, there's a $700 registration ticket or somebody getting a speeding ticket or a seatbelt ticket or code enforcement because you're getting fined because you didn't mow the yard at the property that you no longer live at but you still own. <laughs> it, it's a, it, you see that this is it's a, like you said, racketeering, extortion. Yeah. It's a way to generate money and less about improving the quality of life of the citizens that are in the area with you. And once again, I think it boils down to mismanagement, mismanagement of resources. We, we, spend all these money so that we can have chargers and LIDAR and everything else to see how fast a car is going on the interstate. Like, that's what you're spending tens of thousands of dollars on, whereas you could spend the same amount of money to pay people to eradicate crime, walking tall style, Yeah, and you could actually do something. And mm -hmm. it's insane that in just a hundred years how shifted law enforcement has gotten, now we got to the point where they're afraid to shoot someone shooting at them because they might go to jail for the rest of their life as a cop. The fuck? Which is crazy. What is going on? It's crazy to think that. Well, it it's it's turning more into a um who who you know or who you're with, right? So like it's this, always been that. It, it has, but I don't think to this extent with like mandating in the the you know post COVID pandemic world. So like this um uh, mayor of New York City, uh, Bill De Blasio. Mm -hmm. So he recently signed an executive order about uh, vaccine mandates. Yeah. So, a couple of things with that. One, uh, uh, fuck fascism. That includes medicinal fascism yeah. as well. Uh, Roe Ro v. Wade argues that we have the right to medical privacy. When you say fascism, it, it makes it where anyone automatically listens will turn their head. I like oppression. Well, it's authoritarianism. It it's most definitely is. Yeah. I prefer oppression because oppression is something that we can, we can relate to. Are you oppressed? Are you being... Denied 
a luxury that you are entitled to in America yeah. because of something. That's oppression. Well, of the ruling, the rule of law. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it it, it started with these lockdowns, which, in, in, in my uh, opinion, that it's a clear violation of our First Amendment. The First Amendment says that we, we have the right to peaceably assemble. It doesn't say to protest. It doesn't say for what reason. It, it just says that we have the right to be with people what, like peaceably, no no matter what. But this um this executive order that Bill de Blasio signed, the um he has exemptions for you you don't have to provide proof of vaccination to get into uh, uh, restaurants, clubs, gyms, bars, anything other than your work, your home, and certain grocery stores. Um, and one of the, uh, none of them, excuse me, are um, are medical reasons. There's no medical exemption. So if you have multiple uh, multiple sclerosis and can't get the uh, vaccine mm-hmm. in New York City, too bad. Mm-hmm. That that's that's the law. Mm-hmm. But who are exempt are out-of-state performers, celebrities, athletes, musicians, and, and their entourage. Their tax bracket. And yeah, anybody that comes in mm-hmm. to give them revenue. Well, well, yeah, you got you guys don't have to. No, th- those rules are for the common folk. For sure. It's it's not for you guys. You're you're my pals. Sure. You know. And I'm curious if that will ever invade the bubble belt. Because considering how lax they've been with everything so far, I think they'll try. I don't know how well it'll I think it'll come out for, for certain things. Like if uh, anything federally run, I think it, it will most definitely apply. When you look at uh, doctors, nurses, they're already mandated. You know, uh, I'm curious about how it's going to apply to tattoo artists because we're health department regulated, and they could easily say, "Well, you're no longer allowed to have a license unless you're vaccinated." Right. You can't opt out. There's no, nothing like that. No, you can still opt out the hepatitis vaccines. No, that's mandatory. It's existed forever, you know what right. I'm saying? And uh, that's more of my issue with it is at what point is it proven? You see, like what? How much evidence do you have to provide? Because I want scientific proof that this is doing something. Everybody I know that's vaccinated has COVID right now. And yeah, the symptoms are less severe, but they've all had it. Like, a friend of mine texted me right when we got started that uh, their girlfriend's uh, co-worker, mm-hmm. fully vaccinated, died today. Yeah. And that's, that's the scary shit about it is that there's so much information, 80% of it's bullshit, 20% of it's speculation. <laughs> there's not enough evidence to prove anything yet. So theoretically, this is awesome. This could work. Conceptually, it makes sense. But practically, it's not happening. I don't, I, I'm not convinced yet. Practically, look, look at the data. The data and see how many vaccinated people are positive right now. How many vaccinated people still died? How many unvaccinated people are positive right now? How many unvaccinated people still died? How many of those people were already experiencing health issues or were out of shape or immune compromised? What, what like age that. were they? And then separate that. It's very similar to when, when pot first became legal, they had a spike in uh, car accidents and they correlated it with pot. And made this huge propaganda, pop being legal mm-hmm. now, all these that, car yeah. accidents and everything. And then a private uh, study was done, came in independently, took all the research, and found out that like 80% of the accidents were alcohol. They were DUI from alcohol, they just happened to have pot in their system or on their person. Yeah. So it, it, it disrupted the data. 
And what I'm saying is I think we're in the same state with the vaccine. We're at this point where we're jumping to conclusions because everyone's desperate. Everyone wants a way out, everyone wants something, and they're putting hope in these things and then they're being let down. And when I say this, how many times is this going to happen before people become aware of what's going on and say, okay, well, I want proof. I don't care about the fiction the media is spinning. I don't care about your baby daddy's cousin on fucking Facebook's opinion of it or you you know this guy that this happened to or whatever. I want peer-reviewed studies done across the board by independent people that have no dog in the fight, that won't make a dollar of profit off of any of this stuff, and then to see how realistically how it's happening. Yeah. And we can't do that without three or four years. No. Three or four years of comprehensive data collection. Yeah. And to think that we are already doing a, a year after all this shit popped off, we're already shooting people full of stuff that we haven't had time to even process through animals, much less human tests. Like, we're guessing. We're throwing shots in the dark trying to hit something. And I'm not, I'm not against that if, if we were burning bodies in the streets. Right. But we're not. We're not overrun with a plague right now. We just don't have enough money invested into our medical system to handle the rush of disease. Yeah. It, we could easily build more facilities, but we're losing trillions of dollars worth of equipment in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. We're sending trillions of dollars to transgender research in other countries. Yeah. We're, we're funding all this stuff, and then we're like, why is there no room in the hospitals? Because your boss man ain't paying for it. He didn't. He ain't building the buildings. He ain't clearing the land. He's not investing the resources into the area that we need right now because America is a lot more threatened by this virus than they are terror. And I understand that you think by us being over there and wasting all that money over there that we're somehow keeping our walls safe. But Israel doesn't have the same occupation. They got an iron dome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But look at their COVID. Look at how COVID's been handled over there. It's an insanely different outcome than America. And the same thing with most Asian countries. Uh, what's odd is that we are handling COVID like a third world country. If you look at every country on the map and how the rate of infection, the rate of death, and survival rate and everything else, we correlate more with third world, third world impoverished countries than we do with countries in our tax bracket. And it's, 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 I think it's a strange uh, culmination of all these different variables, mostly being the unhealth of an American. None of us have really good health like the people that are healthy are fine. Yeah. The people who eat McDonald's every fucking day aren't doing well. The people with diabetes, the thing, the people that can't afford their insulin, the people that can't afford to go and get vaccinated, they can't afford all these things. That and I know the vaccines are free. I'm saying a lot more goes in. There are people who don't have cell phones. Right. People don't have Wi-Fi. Don't have cars. Don't have people that they can rely on. And um, I just think it's interesting to to look at this as. Not separating it, but putting us and lumping everything into one, one big unit. America as a whole is handling this disease worse than a lot of countries that don't have half or a third of the resources that we have. And it's because we're not managing it appropriately. Because it doesn't matter how rich you are if your defense isn't good enough or you're not investing into the right areas, anyone can break in and steal. Anything can come in and destroy it, and it's easy to get upside down in almost any financial endeavor. Right. So it's interesting to see where we are health-wise just compared to our neighbors of the north, Canada. Like, to see what we're investing our resources into and then to at the same time be upset that the areas that we're not investing into are starving. Right. Is hypocritical. Well, and like some, like, yeah, like you said, like it's not even, they're putting more of a focus on how are we going to fix this bureaucratically? Yeah. That seems to be what they're focused on. Like, like these things are like, well, we need, we need to have mask and vaccine mandates. Mm -hmm. And then people go, yeah, it's like, one, what is that going to do except make you feel better? Hmm. Like, for starters. Two, 
the Nuremberg Code itself from, you know, the Nuremberg trials, like, hmm. part one of it says that they have to be voluntary, these experiments. If it's not voluntarily, hmm. like, done with, like, people's permission, then it's, it's it goes against, like, like it's uh, the Nuremberg Code. Hmm. You know, like, these, these are things the Nazis did. You know, whenever the... The, the Nazis first started in like the 30s, one of the first things they did was round up the undesirables, the disabled, the sick, the weak, mm -hmm. those who uh, couldn't work, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's not like they just started overnight with like, well, we're going to put everybody in camps. It was, a, it was like a decade plus trickle that, that slowly did this. So mm -hmm. I see this stuff in like New York and... Uh, I don't know if you've seen what's going on in Australia. It really scares me. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Uh, Australia, in uh, Victoria, they have uh, sent letters out to the residents talking about that they now uh, are, are, in the near future, are going to have new movable tents and uh, uh, occupants to where they can intern people at to uh, make sure that quarantine is safe. Yeah. So it's it sounds... Concentration camp. Yeah, concentration camp. Oh, Another thing they're doing in Australia, um, a separate project in the quarantine project, I think this is in Sydney, or maybe it's Canberra, but there, there's one district, a school district, that's going to round up 24,000 kids, take them away from their parents into a facility, like a stadium, keep them there for a few weeks, I believe, it's like six to eight weeks, and vaccinate them against their parents' will and away from their parents. In America, the kids don't need consent. If the kids want to get vaccinated and the parents don't, they don't have to do it. Or they don't need parents' sign. Uh, so that's a fucking a dangerous, child. slippery slope, sure. dude. Sure. Because, sure. because then the argument mistakes. can become, well, if a child can consent to a vaccine, then we have what to let all these pedophiles go. Because children can consent. Exactly. And and that, that's what we get into an ideology that we don't need to be that. Yeah, children are adults too. Mm -hmm. Or they have the right to dictate their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without the developmental process of the frontal cortex. Yeah. You know, so they, they literally can't distinguish the consequences of their actions. And yet, if this teacher wants to coach them into accepting this virus, they have to. They can. And I don't get a say. And that's fucked up as someone with kids, you know? But to me, it's a. Uh, I was conceptualizing this the other day what if Hitler was reaching his potential now with the internet at his fingertips think about the science that he studied the technology that he was into well we took most of it that's what I'm saying but think about how effective he was back then mm -hmm. before internet yeah imagine what he would have been capable of with the culmination of knowledge at his fingertips of the internet imagine if he could have easily patented a virus slide into Israel and it mostly targets like you said the specific people that it targets and the, the obese the poor the unhealthy yeah. things like that the undesirable it would be super easy for him to do that and then well if you're healthy or you're vaccinated you'll survive type shit yeah now take this vaccine it'll protect you from the virus you know what I mean hey SS guys don't take it yeah you're in this tax bracket. We, we need you around. The CEO of, I think it was either Moderna or Johnson Johnson, uh, was recently turned away, uh, I think it was in Tel Aviv, in Israel. They wouldn't let him into the country because he wasn't vaccinated. Hmm. The CEO of one of the giant vaccine companies hasn't taken his own stuff. is not vaccinated. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I what's well, a couple of things that like I and I can't you know I 
I'm an idiot genius, you know, so like more idiot than anything. But like, um, there was something I had uh, stumbled across where it was, um, I think it may have been from this, uh, this, this guy, he's a, uh, a journalist online called The Last American Vagabond. Okay. Um, not as... Um, Bobby. Yeah, not as charismatic or as uh, uh, unhinged as Alex Jones, but okay, uh, okay. but uh, definitely uh, uh, talks about similar subject matter. But um, there's a couple, if you look up the patents for a couple of these vaxes, uh, they have um, like a proprietary blend as some of their ingredients, so you, know, you don't know what they are. Yeah. If, however, you there is a, another site, if you go and look up the patents on the Chinese market, though, they tell you what all is in them. And uh, one of the things that is in these guys is a, um, it's a lipid that has uh, graphene oxide in it. Now, graphene oxide is like, from what I understand, it's like a near indestructible material mm -hmm. that can also receive signal. Like, so what it seems to be is the solution for whatever is contained in these uh, lipids in the vaccine itself. They've coated it in this so that it is indestructible. I'm guessing the idea is that if it's indestructible, then that way no pathogens like the virus itself can, it down, yeah. Yeah, can kill it. But somebody else brought up another point that like, okay, say if this fell into the wrong hands mm -hmm. and because it can uh, uh, transmit signals and receive signals, mm -hmm. what is the possibility then that somebody could take this technology and then wire you to a network and either pull your uh, uh, body's uh, uh, data, mm -hmm. like not like where you're at geographically, yeah. like they already got that with the phones, but like what your blood pressure is mm -hmm. at, what your pulse is at, you know, what your oxygen levels and are And it can at. be done because an Apple Watch can do it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's, that's one leg to the spider, I guess, but at the same time, what is that material doing in our body? That's and the other thing, because it's process, toxic to humans. We don't humans. break down heavy metals, we don't process heavy metals mm -hmm. like that, and it, to, to see to see the long-term effects of this with cancers, things that in the past, asbestos, uh, plenty of carcinogens, things that we took in that don't break down in our body. No, they, they become work. inorganic matter that kills us. They also do things to our body. They yeah. create cell growth that cause disease, things like that. So it's interesting to see the long-term effects of something like this, and we just simply don't have the data of what it'll do when it's injected into the body. Yeah. And uh, cigarettes were promoted. Cigarettes yeah, were from high, doctors. Highly promoted. A, in Jaws, as a doctor smoking a cigarette in the emergency room. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much, and it, it makes me happy. And uh, to think about when I was a baby in a high chair in the smoking section of Shoney's, and my aunt could get her Marlboros down with her bacon, like that was not frowned upon. It was uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not supported, but it was accepted. Everyone wanted not not only accepted but promoted. Yeah, it was hey. Do this and you'll feel better. I remember old kids' magazines, maybe highlights or something, but they would have camel ads in there, of like yeah. Joe Joe Camel. It's like, and then, and even then. as a kid, like I wanted cigarettes, yeah. like because because the ads looked cool. I was like, man, I was like the drawings are so well done, and like the lighting and the colors. And, and then uh, it's it's funny to look at the implications of what happened a hundred years ago in our diet. Uh, 
when the dairy farmers and the egg farmers needed to sell stuff, we created breakfast. <laughs> we needed that, right? Well, then corn farmers, we started finding we can grow corn easier than we can dairy and chickens and things like yeah. that. So they started growing corn. Well, damn, we already created breakfast. Cereal. We can make cereal out of cornstarch. We can isolate the sugars and create mm -hmm. cereal. So now a part of a balanced breakfast. And fruits and colors and flashing and everything. There's fucking fruit in there. It's all sugar. Yeah. And it causes cancer. Very similar to how we do with that. And then all of a sudden, sugar's the bad guy. Aspartame. Wham. <laughs> Why you got migraines? I got migraines now. I just had a stroke at 27. Oh, I'm drinking Diet Coke all the motherfucking time. Turns out it's not good for me. But wait, it was promoted yeah. not long ago. And then same thing with these fucking vapes, bro. Like, what are we going to do with these? What's gonna happen? My butthole gonna turn inside out and start talking to me? I don't know. I'm just fucking enjoying the nicotine while it's here because somebody told me cigarettes were bad. I'll, I'll read an article that these things are bad and I'll fucking quit them too. My boy got two taped together. He ain't give a fuck. He's a, damn, he's a term so goddamn I told you, I, I, have, I have trauma for my threesome, Samson. I now, it takes two now. It takes make, two to tango. It takes two to make a thing go right, oh, you know? But that's my thing is how much of this shit is just us pissing in the wind? Same with asbestos, like I was talking about. We put it in every home. Lead paint was the shit when yeah. it came out, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just interesting for me to look at this. Speaking of the, the cereal, do you know about the uh, the guy who made cornflakes? No, masturbation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The masturbation cure. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. He's, he also... Old uh, Kellogg. <laughs> yeah, old Kellogg himself. He really did not like anybody that... W I guess just prayed differently than he for did. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but he uh, he was also a strong supporter of um, of circumcision for the same reason. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, I tell you what, if we cut the tip of everybody's dick off, they won't play with it as much. It's like, sir, you just created a more beautiful penis. It's, it's way more sensitive. <laughs> have you have you seen the interview? I believe it's Sandra Bullock on Ellen. Mm. When they're talking about the stuff that they inject in their face, yeah, of a, a baby foreskin, Korean foreskin, yeah, little baby Korean foreskin. Yeah, they isolate the essential oils out of it and then sell it for like a Botox injection. That was like what the fuck? Culture. Yeah, yeah, that's like some of the stuff with the um, with the whole uh, the uh, QAnon conspiracy, where which I, I know people rolling their eyes and whatnot, but like if you look at the data that what they're talking about with anybody, mm -hmm. there's truth in everybody's data. So, like, some of their arguments where they were talking about, hey, they seem to be, like, harvesting body parts from children and using them for profit. And people are just like, oh, well, they turn that into, uh, you know, I heard that uh, Oprah Winfrey is a vampire yeah. and she's uh, well, that's There's always good. That's always good. Yeah. But, like, there's... When you look... It reminds me of the tabloids back in the day. Yeah, yeah, like Weekly Big World. Foot, foot Robert or Richard Nixon. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This happened? I've never seen a member <laughs> so big and impressive in my days. At the Kyoto Conference, I saw the biggest packer I'd ever seen on an Asian man. I just and like, this was far more impressive. I love the way it trickled down. <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed I pulled my Jack London book out of my knapsack <laughs> and read a passage that reminded me of such natural beauty. It's beautiful. What were, what were we just talking about before? My Richard Nixon voice. I said something about lead paint. Oh yeah, and the yeah the uh, masturbation guy. Mm -hmm. And then we got somewhere else. Cereal. Cereal. I have no Bigfoot idea. Bigfoot tabloids. <laughs> now we're here. 
Life's crazy, <laughs> baby. Oh. But, I don't know, I'm interested. I'm excited. We're going to see what happens next, man. I'm just living a story. We ain't really in charge of the plot. I am losing my interest in the novel <laughs> over time, you know? Yeah, but, I'm losing my interest in uh, a fair amount of other people's novels. That um, makes sense. I've, uh, one thing I've definitely learned a lot from of, of this podcast uh, is... You know that that there's there's still a lot of folks whose brains are still intact, mm, for sure. and for people that are not caught up in all this like terror, like legit mm. terror, fear, yeah, just sheer fear. Uh, you made me think of something. Is, are the vaccines? Do they have animal products? I don't know. Are they vegan friendly? I don't know. I'm curious. I know uh, again with the Nuremberg Code before anything is given to humans, you must have adequate uh, animal testing. Yeah. I am, I'm seriously curious about this, uh, so if any of our vegan friends could chime in. Uh, like, anavenin for rattlesnake bites. Mm-hmm. It's, it's created by injecting into horses and then collecting the antibodies from the horses. Or Does that mean that's not vegan friendly? Or if your life's at stake, can you take animal products? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, where do we draw the line? Like, I'm, I'm legit curious about if I'm not mistaken, I think the um, uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, um, it's not mRNA. I think they use a chimpanzee protein, like um, as far as um, like a medium yeah. for it or whatnot. That makes sense. But yeah, it, it is interesting how certain like ideological or religious arguments kind of go by the wayside no matter how uh, firm you may be whenever you're presented with that harsh reality. I don't say firm. I mean, like, <laughs> how firm you want me. But well, since you gave me a you gave me a firm hour and a half this evening. I'm for it. Yeah. for it. Dude, thanks so much for uh, sitting down and talking with me, man. I appreciate you, bud. I love it. Yeah, man. I wish I had more free time, but you know the state of the world and shit. <laughs> <laughs> a lot happening, but. I love doing this. I love talking to people that have their heads screwed on right. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from tattooing is that a lot more people than we realize know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. A lot more people are aware of it. And it makes me weep for those that aren't because I understand. More importantly, I empathize. Like, I get that you're afraid to go to Walmart. I understand that. But at the end of the day, at what point do we draw the line between freedom? and security and I, I think it's the same argument we've had since the dawn of time yeah is what's for what's good for the goose is good for the gander type thing what is the best possible universal solution to our, our issues and the the fact of the matter is there's not one <laughs> there's not there's not there's not we are so deep into political corruption so deep into debt so deep into mismanagement of resources on federal state local level all across the country that there's literally no way we can reverse it and I know that sounds like a death sentence and it sounds terminal but the, the day we became a nation we received our death sentence and the more we tie into the luxury and the convenience of the culture that we've built the faster we're gonna lose it because I, I weep for my generation they've turned America into a playground for pussies no one can do anything Nothing fun's legal. Yeah. Everyone's afraid. Everyone's scared to death. And it just blows my mind that we are more likely to die in a car wreck on the way home than any of the things people are freaking out about. 
I don't. I doubt the Taliban's gonna bomb my tattoo shop. I doubt COVID's gonna take me. I may have to bury family members, but you'll have to bury them anyway. That's my. I'll bury more from cancer already. Yeah. Ain't nobody fucking vaccinating cancer. No. I bury more from poverty and drug addiction, but no one wants to help them. If so, with my my stance for all this, bro, is um, at least the point I've reached myself that if we if we boil everything down to just two choices which is either safety and security mm -hmm. or freedom and risk mm -hmm. I'm going to take freedom and risk wholeheartedly over security I agree as my how old do you want to live bro you want to be 90 eating leaves alone then be 90 eating leaves alone I'm trying to vibe I'm trying to have a good time. Yeah, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make the world a better place than what I got it as. And what sucks is all these fucking hypocrites who are bitching about the current state of everything. Drive your ass to California, baby, <laughs> and live on lockdown because that's what they're doing. There's a place for everyone. You want to fucking smoke rock till you die? Go to Oregon, Mexico, kick rocks. You know what I'm saying? But to sit in the in the an area where freedom reigns. And bitch, because other people are doing what they want, and you're you want you're so helpless. You need this sense of control. Like at what point do we just call it the hypocrisy of it? Like I see, everyone's like, you don't like the country, you fucking leave, man. Exactly. Like if you don't like it, find somewhere else. Like damn, it's a big wide world. Most of you'll never experience anything unless you have to. So maybe this is the opportunity that's forcing you to go to somewhere that's more built for you, yeah. more more suitable for you. And I, I I have lots of friends that I, I still personally I, I Godspeed, and I don't get it. But they did move, like they yeah. moved to Cali in 2020 because they were like, this seems like the place for me. Seattle, Portland. Yeah. I've watched it happen for decades. And I have friends who move and vibe and love it. And I have friends who move and experience it and realize that it's not what they thought it was. Mm -hmm. And they come back to the security. Same thing with uh, Austin right now. All these celebrities and podcasters and everything else moving to Austin. Ron White been there the whole time. Yeah. Because he knows freedom. You know what I mean? By the way, he did ayahuasca about six months ago. I hadn't had a drop of drink since. That's fucking awesome. Owns a tequila company. Don't drink anymore. Chronic okay. alcoholic for decades. Did ayahuasca one time. No, hadn't touched anything. Super cool. But, sidebar. Uh, but that's my thing is, if you don't like it, or if you have a different opinion, prove it. Prove it. Until something's proven. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to believe it. No. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be told how to live. And I think it is irresponsible as a citizen to try to expect others to cave to my wishes yeah. and that they should live their life how I see fit. I think it's more selfish because what's funny is the same people, and uh, an example that truly happened, uh, they wanted complete isolation, everything else, couldn't afford it, came back to work. And they were upset because people that were tattooing didn't want to wear masks. So they wanted to force them to wear masks. And it's like, well, if you could afford isolation, you wouldn't be here in the first place. Yeah. But you're only here because you have to be. So at the end of the day, you're still a servant. You're still bending at the wishes. And uh, I don't know if you know who Brother Ali is. He's a rapper. Mm -hmm. He's got a verse that says, uh, damn, you see you see a crackhead on the corner with a sign bleeding from his gums. Uh, you won't give him money talking about you You don't support a habit. What do you think happens with the money from your taxes? Should the government's an addict, the billion dollar a week kill brown people have it? And even if you ain't on the front line when Master Yell's crunch time, you right back at it. 
that look at what they did with your tag or what's left get a big ass plasma to see where they make Dan Rather point the damn camera only approved questions get answered so stand your ass up for the national anthem uh, it blew my fucking mind the first time I heard it because these same people are and me included I don't support half the things the shit the government's doing with my taxes still gotta pay them yeah. you know what I mean these people don't support half the shit they have to do they still have to do it and at the end of the day fucking commit man one or the other either commit to isolation and grow a garden and live off of nothing drink water don't have power you can do it it's possible we've done it in history yeah. or exist in society and play your cards man roll the dice gamble yeah. I'm for it I'm trying to live baby fuck yeah Samson Bennett where can, uh, where can folks uh, find you if they want to get tattooed by you Mm. Probably in their imagination. Right? <laughs> in just the wettest of dreams they have. Uh, I know you stay you stay uh, pretty booked up I'm currently, in advance. I'm currently booking out December. I'll be opening the first three months of twenty twenty two schedule pretty soon. Uh you can contact me at H three Tattoos, Sandhill King on Instagram, Snapchat, Samson Bennett on Facebook. I'm terrible at responding to social media, so if you want to actually do business, just walk up and talk to me face to face like it's 19 fucking 25. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I prefer. Look for the friendly bearded Viking man with face tattoos and uh, if you need me in a pinch, smell like uh, rattlesnake piss. If you need me in a pinch, run out, find the nearest bird of prey. He'll know how to find me. <laughs> Dude, appreciate you, bud. Hell yeah, love you, bro. Love you, homie. Later, y'all.